So I never bought a portfolio, but I negotiated a contract, um, put it under contract, and I wholesaled 20 of the doors for the price that I bought the portfolio for. So I got 15 doors for free. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm Adam Adams. This is Jason Lewis. What's up, Jason? Hello, good sir. Happy uh, midweek to you. Happy midweek. Hump day, right? Exactly. So today we are joined on the show with Mr. Caleb Pearson. Caleb, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Thank you for having me on. So yesterday it was 12 degrees in Conifer. Today it's 28 degrees. And what's it out in Charleston? Because I was feeling a little jealous in the pre-interview. Yeah, it was, um, it was about 82 yesterday. Sunny out on the golf course. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we're going to get into your story a little bit. Um, but I want, I want to start here. What is your superpower? Um, I'd say my superpower and my wife would agree with this is, um, delegating. So delegation, um, both in my business and in my personal life, I've gotten pretty good at delegating the things that are either not worth my time to do, um, or just things that I, I just dislike doing. Okay. And, um, very interesting. Take me back, take us back to the very first deal you ever did. Like what year was it? What were you going through? What were you stressed about? What kind of deal was it? Give us a little bit of details on that first one. Oh man. So I got into real estate back in 2011, no 2012 when things were obviously pretty bad. Um, I was working at Applebee's and had my real estate license. And I just tried to figure out how fast I could get a deal on the board and get paid so I could get out of working at Applebee's. Um, So I had a lady, she gave me a phone book because she said, I promise if you just call through this a couple hours a day, you will generate a deal. Um, And I stumbled on a $400,000 buyer just from calling through a list and uh, made for about 12 grand in the first 35 days of working. So that got me free from Applebee's. And that was, I mean, that's kind of how I got going. How many months of income was that? how many months of income based on what I was used to making at Applebee's? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like five, four, five, four or five four, months. Yes. Yeah, four or five months. And so did you quit right away? Oh dude, I quit before that deal even closed, uh, which is hindsight 2020. You never count your count those bucks um, before it hits your account. But, was there, uh, was there an issue there? No, it closed and it funded. Okay. Yeah. I got paid. So I almost did the same thing in 2015. Um, I quit my job pretty quick, pretty quick. I had just doubled my one money once and I said, I'm done. I'm completely done. But the next deal took too long. And so I probably shouldn't have in hindsight. Tell me a little bit about your situation. When was the second deal? Yeah, so the second deal came pretty quickly as well. Um, I had a good mentor the lady that kind of that got me started, she gave me some scripts and told me to call the, the expireds and the for sale by owners. And I got to where I was doing a few deals a month, like two, three months in. And um, I got some good steam behind me. But I, I was just young, dumb, and naive. And whatever she told me to do, I did, and it worked. Was this a 
broker or was this just a mentor in the real estate investing game? What was their kind of uh, role? Yeah, she wasn't the broker of the office, but she was, she's been a licensed agent for okay. 25 years. Nice. So that was, was that was when I first started on the retail side before we got our investments out of the business going. Was there any, at that time, the do not call list, was that any effect when you were dialing for dollars at, at that time? Or was it just dial and, and pray? I mean, I, I was fearless. So yes, there was a do not call list, but I called everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wasn't calling active listings because that's unethical and that you can get in trouble with the board doing that. But for sure, if there was a phone number attached to a property, I was calling it. Nice. T- t- tell us a little bit about that experience. I know a lot of people, that's how you get started. I mean, whether it's in real estate or life insurance, health insurance, any type commercial real estate, calling office tenants. It's, it's all about picking up the phone. And now a lot of people will get behind the computer and post some Facebook ads and feel like, okay, I'll sit back and wait and be reactive um, versus proactive. So kind of tell us uh, a little bit about that experience. Yeah. I mean, it's the cheapest way to generate leads versus spending money online. And it was, like I said, I was pretty naive and she said, call three, four hours a day. And I thought that's what everybody did. So I was how just, many, every, how many dials a, an hour a day were you, you were making at that time? Well, this was before I got a speed dialer, but I was probably making mm, close to 300 dials a day, just hand dialing. Nice. And it was, it was, it's like going to the gym. Nobody likes doing it. And you get told no 98% of the time. And people say all types of things to you, but I got thick skin from it and it, it worked out. Tell us about the speed dialer. I've heard we don't use them, um, but we've always wanted to dive in and learn a little bit more about them. I know a lot of the softwares uh, will just literally auto dial. And then when you hit end, it's dialing the next one on the list and you're just sitting there saying hello. Yeah. Speed dialer just really increases the amount of calls that you can make. Started out hand dialing. Then I went to a single line dialer, which is just automatically dialing. And then when you hit end, it goes to the next one. Um, and then we went to a triple dialer and then we got all the way up to a five dialer where I was calling five numbers at one time. And you could make, I mean, you can make a thousand calls a day in a few hours easily, but it was, it got to where that was a little bit harder to manage. So our, my whole team uses a triple dialer right now. And calling cell phones at that time, calling uh, home phones. What, who are you n- normally calling or what, what device were they answering on? Uh, mostly cell phone, okay. whatever. No, we would skip trace the numbers or yep. skip trace the addresses and they'd give you cell phone numbers and home phone numbers. But um, most people these days that you were contacting their, uh, their cell phone and we were text blasting them as well, dropping mailers, direct mail to them, emailing them, Facebooking them. If there was a way that we could hit them, we were hitting them from every direction. And this is on the retail brokerage at the time or, yep. and or the invest, investing side as well. So for the first five years that I was in the business, it was on the brokerage, the retail side. And um, now we do the same thing on the, uh, the investment side. We hit people with calls, texts, emails, voicemails. They either don't want to do business. They at least know who we are. So we get a yes or no from all, from most of the people in our database. This local, all yeah. local or? It's all in Charleston nice. within about and, an hour radius of Charleston. And then today, are you saying that you're just a buyer or are you also doing retail that will list it? I know that one of our sponsors and we do as well, our company, we kind of fix and list or fix your home, all the different kind of models out there of, of that variation where you can either propose to them to list it as is 
you help them fix it up and, and list it for them, or you just buy it, here's your cash, move on. When you make that call, are you an investor only, or are you a broker or investor, or you just want one of the two and you don't confuse them? I have two arms of the business. I have the Caleb Pearson team, which is the brokerage, the retail side, and then we've got Homebuyers SC, which is the home buying side. And they have two completely different data sets that they call through. The Caleb Pearson team side is more higher end homes because we like the higher the price, the higher the commission. And then the home buyer side is more just targeted, like late pay, late on payments, divorce, probate, those type leads. And they're calling as a buyer on the home buyer side. On the retail side, they're calling as an agent. We never call as both. Now, when we get to the living room on the home buyer side and it's just not a deal that we can buy and it, they're better off going retail, then we will on the way out the door say, hey, I can't buy it, but the Caleb Pearson team is the best in town. This is who you ought to use to list your house. And, and we probably get 50 listings a year just from just from doing that. So you never though go in and say, here is your three offers. We're, we'll list it, buy it, or option C. You, you come in with one direct shot. Yeah. Rifle approach. Yeah, exactly. I just found that a confused mind doesn't make decisions. Um, and you give, if you give to, if you give people too many options, they just, they don't make a decision that day and they want to think about it. And then as time goes on, time kills deals. So, um, we, yeah, we make one offer to them and then we pivot based on their response, I guess. Yeah. And the auto industry, that's a very well known aspect that options confuses buyers and they don't buy. So if there's one color of every car out there, the buyer is less likely to buy than if there's yep. just one color on the car lot. Everyone thinks that you want multiple options. You'll bring more people. But in reality, when they get there, they have kind of a buyer's remorse. They don't know what's going on there. I don't know which one. And it's just enough for them to just say, Hey, you know, I'm not for sure. So, and then they walk out the door. Yeah. And if you ask enough questions, I mean, we have scripts for everything. We have phone scripts and then we have scripts for our acquisitions guy when he gets in the living room and he's asking a series of questions to get an idea of which, which route he wants to go with that seller, but he's only given them one option right off the bat. Awesome. And then you had mentioned at the beginning when Adam asked you about your superpower is delegation. It sounds like this system is almost 100% delegating. Like each person has a role, each person has their script, each company division has a role. Like ev- everyone has a chair. They're accountable for, you know, that seat at the table. Um, want to kind of talk about more in depth about that delegation, both on your, sounds like you do it on your business side, but also in your personal life, just so you can make that live work balance, which a lot of real estate brokers and investors struggle with. Yeah. I mean, we, we compartmentalize every aspect of our business. Like the sales guys, they only do two things. They go on appointments and they make phone calls. They don't do any paperwork. We've got admin people that handle all the closing, setting up everything with the closing attorneys, negotiating repairs, setting up contractors. So they only sell and make phone calls. Um, the admin guys, they don't do any selling. All they do is just make sure that the sellers are communicated with and all the paperwork is done right. All the attorneys are communicated with. They, they're compartmentalized in, in that aspect. Um, is that answer, is that answering your question, yeah. I guess? Yeah. What, what about on the personal side? So that way, when you are putting all effort in hundred percent at your office, you come home at the end of the day. Um, how do you kind of delegate anything in your personal life that might help you stay sane when you're doing however many deals you do a year currently? We do, yeah, we do about 200 on the retail side and about 100 on the, um, yeah. the fix and flip 
wholesale. Yeah, th- 300, 300, that's almost close to one, one deal a day. And I mean, that's, that's a lot of activity. That's a lot of uh, calls and emails and signatures and closings and all of that. So um, yeah, what, what do you do on the personal side? So when you get home that those 300 just don't overwhelm you. You know, I drive my wife crazy with this, but, and it sounds bad, but I don't do anything that I don't want to do. I don't do laundry. We have someone that comes and does the laundry. I don't buy groceries. I don't cut the grass. I don't clean the house. I don't clean the pool or take care, care of the pool. I, I, everything is delegated pretty much. Not all to her. We have people that come and help us, but I've just found that, I mean, it's not worth my time and stress and I doing stuff that I hate takes away energy from doing stuff that really makes us money. For sure. Do you know your hourly worth? Do you kind of calculate, okay, I know my hourly worth is this. So anything less than that, when I get home, it's delegated or is it something that you just, it's kind of more of a gut feel of, I just don't want to do it. I guess both. If it's anything that's not three to $500 an hour plus, then I'm, I really don't want to, I don't touch it. I try not to touch it. That's, now it's taken my wife four years to kind of change her mentality as far as that goes, but um, she's getting there as well. About your business, you, to make 300 deals, you have to have some automation and it sounds like you have some software that you built that's helped you get there. Was that built just for you? And maybe tell us a little bit about that kind of division. Like what is, I'm guessing it's a separate entity as well, but was that built for you guys just to be able to have software delegate some of these tasks? And then it became more of a SaaS as services, you know, serve or software as a service type of deal where it's offered to other investors. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole nother business that we've got. Uh, it's called zoom offers. Now, um, you can go to ZoomOffersNow.com and it's got a couple quick videos on how it works. Um, but that was just an idea that I came up with one night when I was sitting at the bar with a buddy. I've just, we're all on... great ideas, uh, you know, come up. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> I'd been on so many listing appointments in my career and I'd met with probably a thousand sellers. So out of every 20 or so people I'd meet with, there'd be two to four of those sellers that were just so motivated. And I knew they would take, call it 50 to $100,000 less than what true market value was. So I just did the math in my head. I'm like, all right, well, if I meet with that many people and there's that many motivated sellers that I know of, how many are there that are actively on that MLS? Like how many people have actually raised their hand, listed their home at a certain price, but they'd take much, much less. And then I was thinking about it. Now, how do we get offers in front of all those people? Or how do we figure out who those motivated people are? And the only way to really find out who the, the motivated of the call it 5,000 active listings in the market are is to get an offer in front of them and see what they respond, their responses are. Um, so I told my buddy, I said, if I could just have any piece of software to where I can mass offer, uh, send out mass offers to all these listing agents and just field counter offers all day, we'd be in the money. So um, we built it where he, he said, I can build that for you. Or I know a guy that can. So probably a 200 grand later in building out an app, um, for my own business, we figured it out and we started buying two to four deals a month off the MLS, even in a low inventory market. And, um, now we use it in our business and we, we also sell it around the country. And was this, uh, what year was this? I know during the downturn, a lot of people were trying to build these systems and some successfully built them for the REO when there was so many bank owned properties, um, it was just a machine out there. 
So they needed to just make lowball offers and see which banks were willing to, and short sales were willing to do that. So they were just jamming them out. And at least here in Denver during the, say 2010, 2012, what happened at least here with those kind of auto robo um, offer type softwares, it just, they, they burned bridges where brokers simply didn't even look at them anymore. They just knew that they were too low. They were complete joke and it was just an auto offer versus actual. And I don't know of any of those companies, at least here locally that are still do, do that software. So it sounds like yours is still successful. So how does that delegation happen without burning bridges and hurting, hurting overall respect within the the brokerage and investment community? Yeah. So, well, my name has gotten fairly large. The Caleb Pearson team has here in the market. So it's not with my name on it. It's actually my cousin who works for me, who's a licensed agent. Um, and he's, it's branded him as one of the big investors in town. Um, we built it. I think you asked when we built it about two and a half years ago and used it for, for about a year in our company before we started licensing, licensing, licensing it out around the country. Um, but Nobody else is doing it right now. I think we built it at the wrong time just because inventory was so low and just there aren't that many good deals to be found on the MLS, but we're still picking up two to four deals a month. Um, in and our how, many, how many offers are you making on average a day or a month to get that? About four, 40 to 50 a day. Offers? Yeah, and you'd be okay. surprised. I know you said some people got uh, bad reps because of it, but we've gotten a bunch of deals to where we – The offer comes with a quick email that says, hey, we know this is not full price. We're investors. We have to make a profit. Please respond via email with your counteroffer. And when you say email, is it just an email or do do they, does that broker need to come back and do like a formal, like here in Colorado, it's a CTM documents and you log in and you make, you know, within that kind of e-docs custom platform or you having them say, hey, we want it to be so simple for you. Just reply back with the price that you can. Yeah, pretty much. We just say, email us back your terms. Okay. You don't, we don't need them to scratch it through contracts yep. and getting signatures from um, sellers. Just email us back the terms. And then if we can put a deal together, we'll, we'll write it up. Um, we keep it pretty informal. Uh, but I was saying, when you send these offers out, now some agents get mad, just like anything, like any marketing you do, even direct mail, like when you're doing direct mail and you get a bunch of calls, 90% of the people that call in are pissed off. For the sure. other 10% are the, the good motivated sellers that you weed through to, to buy your deals. This is the same way. You get some agents that are that say, don't ever send me a lowball offer like this again. Um, and in the app, you can exclude agents if you want. Um, but you would be really surprised at how many times we send offers out to an agent, to a listing agent, and we don't buy that deal. And they come back like two, three months later and either sell us that, ask if our offer is still valid on that deal, or they say, hey, that, that particular seller was not that motivated, but I've got this one that I'm putting on the market in two weeks. The sellers don't really want people through the house. They don't want to list it. Um, it needs too much work. What could you pay for this? And we've bought deals but more of in a roundabout way because yeah. of the app. We see a lot of wholesalers uh, here in town get deals from brokers that way. They'll call on one and then it will two months later when they have a motivated seller and that broker doesn't want to go through the hassle and they want to be able to make that offer to that client say, Hey, maybe I have an off market buyer and it gets them in the door and they get it that way. So it seems to be a lot of people, wholesalers here in in Denver, at least get them. um, Yeah. 
So um, agents can be your best friend. Um, I mean, they can be extremely valuable. The app's also got a texting feature where you can mass text all the agents in the market and it's pulling from the MLS. So you've got perfect data. You've got every agent that's active. You've got their phone number, their email address, and you can text them. We text them once a month just saying, Hey, looking to buy two deals by the end of the week. What do you have? And we get, I don't, I wouldn't say we buy a deal every month from the texting, but we at least get shots and opportunities at looking at deals that are either on the market or off market. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. We're going to transition to the final five, but first quick word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses? A way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle. And best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full time. It's called Fix and List Deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the Fix and List strategy over the last four years. And he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the Fix and List strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. And we're back with Mr. Caleb Pearson. Caleb, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? Oh, that's a good question. Um, man, I'm pretty simple. Um, I'd say the most creative deal I've ever done was probably the biggest deal I ever closed, which was about a week and a half ago. Um, I bought a port, my property man, I asked my property manager if she had any tired landlords. And she said, well, you called me at the perfect time. My, one of my biggest clients just passed away and his family doesn't want anything to do with his 35 rental properties. So I never bought a portfolio, but I negotiated a contract, um, put it under contract and I wholesaled 20 of the doors for the price that I bought the portfolio for. So I got 15 doors for free. So that was a, um, and it was a couple and they were all multifamily, small multifamily, but I mean, that, that was a hell of a deal. So the, the beginning of that was that you asked the property manager if she had any tired landlords. Yes. And now I've added that to our processes. Our inside sales guys call, call, text, and email all the property managers in town because that was a home run. And uh, if anybody else has those, then- for, for, You can't I, beat free. Free is, uh, it's hard to beat. Dude, it, yeah. So they're full paid off rentals. Um, that cash flow well. It was a deal of it was a deal of a lifetime. Good deal. Uh, what's a book you recommend? Uh, no BS Time Management by Dan Kennedy. And where do you see yourself in five years? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think that changes as I grow and change. It used to be I wanted to be the number one real estate agent in in the state then it was in the country and now it's i want to be able to do whatever i want whenever i want with who with whoever i want um so i guess building our passive income up to where i don't necessarily have to work 
but I don't think I'll ever quit working. And where do you see the market in five years? Oh, I wish I knew. But if I had a crystal ball, I could get well. I could get really wealthy that way. Good point. Good point. All right. And how do you add value to others? I would say just I love teaching and coaching. I'm in a couple mastermind groups that provide unbelievable content and value, um, and it's fun to share that with my team and I guess my following through Facebook and just watch them grow and do big things. The last question for you, Caleb, is what's the one way that people can find you or get a hold of you? Uh, best way to reach me is probably email. It's Caleb, C-A-L-E-B, C-P, team, T-E-A-M, at gmail.com. So it's Caleb, C-P, team, at gmail. Awesome. And that'll be in the show notes. So if you're wanting to reach out to Caleb, scroll down. And also he has Zoom offers, uh, Zoom offers now. Dot com. Is that right? That's right. Zoomoffersnow.com. So that's how you uh, put out 50 offers in a single day? Yep. That's crazy. Thanks, I love it. I love it. And I'm seconds. glad you're getting success with it. 15 thanks. seconds and then just fielding calls. Well, Caleb, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time and going into details on everything that we have. We're going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. This is Jason J. Lou Lewis, co-host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I want to say it's an absolute honor to have you as a listener, and we thank you for tuning in today. We also want to thank our sponsor, FixAndListSecrets.com. They have that great free video lesson, and in that video lesson, you will learn to never struggle to find or fund your next fix and flip deal again. Learn how to flip houses without ever taking out a mortgage or a hard money loan. You can now flip houses full-time and not have the risk of losing money in a real estate market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and this is it. Visit FixAndListSecrets.com. See you on the next episode.